0: Hello
1: everybody and welcome to episode 5 of the Showbound Podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again joined by Ethan Cardwell. Cardzy, how's it going, man?
0: I'm doing good. The sun's shining in Curtis, Ontario today. So uh, <laughs> what else is uh, better than that? Five degrees and sunny and uh, a nice Saturday for a uh, for recording.
1: And look at your backdrop right now. Everyone go check out the YouTube video, man. This guy's got... The the showbound logo on the TV behind him, jerseys up, the the Bud Light, red lights going, and what a what a sick setup. Just and we um, got the
0: Axle Watch on today, too, for the viewers. Of course,
1: we got the Axle Watch. I'm actually rocking some B clutch merch right now. Um looking you know, go good, to, looking good. Um, we got a sick episode again this week. Um, we actually just recorded the interview and it was Owen Tippett of the Florida Panthers. He's 21 years old from Peterborough, Ontario. He went tenth overall in the NHL draft. He's played for Team Canada and the World Juniors. Already has one full year of pro hockey in the books, including one NHL goal. He was an AHL All Star last season, and he went to the NHL bubble with the Florida Panthers. So we talk about that a bit. But an amazing interview. Really interesting guy. Super friendly. Like, great, great speaker. And uh, it was a lot of fun. what you think of it?
0: Yeah, man. Um, obviously, I was fortunate enough to uh, get to meet Tip and Saginaw. And I didn't really think too much of it at the time. Um, didn't really. Realize we'd become such close friends and uh we stay in contact uh even two years later and try to get out for golf when we can because we live close during the summer and whatnot so it's pretty cool to have a relationship like that with uh with him and uh just to stay in contact uh even through quarantine summer and whatnot but uh yeah he he's a great interview and uh he has a lot of good intel on uh on what it takes and kind of how he went up the ranks of uh getting into nhl action and whatnot
1: and before we get into that interview we'll we'll get there in a bit we have a couple things to talk about some some news from the hockey world first of all we'll just mention that the world junior camp we we like to give the update every week on what's going on but there is a a pause right now as everyone knows with the preventing a potential covid outbreak in the world junior camp so um there's uh, they're not going to be playing against the U sports teams this year. They're going to be waiting a two week quarantine period before getting back into it. We don't need to dive too much deeper into that and some exciting news for for women in hockey here. We got Kendall Coyne Schofield joins the Blackhawks development staff. So first female to get that job in, in the Chicago Blackhawks organization. And it's, it's a huge deal everyone remembers her lighting it up in the NHL all-star game and the fastest skater competition. She's, she's obviously a nasty player, like, um, but, but really, really sick for her and for Chicago.
0: Yeah. She, uh, she really stands out as a, uh, a person who, who would be good for this job and it's obviously amazing for the world and the way the world is going and, uh, diversity and in, in sport. So it's, it's amazing to see diversity and equality being brought to, uh, the center stage here as we see with this uh this new hiring by the blackhawks and I think it's a it's a great step in the right direction as she has a lot of great intel that'll uh she'll be able to bring over to the Blackhawks.
1: And what's good to see online, at least on on Twitter, what I noticed is a lot of support among everybody, not just women, but you know, in the past, where you've seen these things go both ways where, you know, people get a lot of hate. Like, oh, why are you hiring a woman for this job? Like, it seemed like everyone was very supportive of this. And I think that's awesome, kind of the, the climate we're in now where everyone can agree that there's no doubt she's she's going to be fantastic at this job with the career she's had as a player. So that's exciting. Uh, I got to get into a little tough one to talk about here now. Johnny Boychuck was was forced to retire due to the eye injury he suffered last season. It was really upsetting. It was a scary one. Uh, if you remember it, cards, do you remember how that went down?
0: Yeah, I kind of—I don't re- actually remember the full details, but obviously it was very severe, and it, it's tough to see such a great player retire like that. And kind of like Zooks, obviously we we talked about his eye uh, injury in the third episode, but eyes can be scary, and you, you just don't want to risk anything. So better safe than sorry. He's had a great career, and uh, wish him all the best.
1: Yeah, what happened? I might jog your memory. He was in front of the net and and uh, got a skate up right all the way down the side of his oh, face. Oh yeah, like that. yeah. Like I think he had over a hundred stitches, and it was it was pretty gruesome. And you know, everyone knows he's a tough guy. He's been been in the league for so long, and uh, it's just it's a really tough uh, way to go. I mean, a guy like him, you want to see him go out on his own terms, kind of. But you know, it's so rare that that actually gets to happen in hockey. But you know, all the best to him. Hope he's doing well. Um, I've always enjoyed watching him growing up, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one.
0: I just got one more thing before we send it over to tip. Um, actually a little funny story for the listeners. Um, so I was driving home like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago, cause we brought it up in the third episode. Then we didn't have time to bring it up uh, in the fourth episode. So here we are. And uh, I was driving home with my buddy and we were kind of just talking about the podcast and whatnot, just brainstorming some ideas. So he looked up Rask on EP Elite Prospects, for those of you who don't know. And um, he goes, Rask's in the Fed and the the Federal Hockey League. Uh, it's a professional hockey league in the States. So I, I was like, what? So then I call Rask and I'm like, dude, you're playing in the Fed this year? And he's like, he started laughing immediately. And, uh, it's a little funny story. I'll let Rask take it from here, but yeah, he signed a, uh, a professional contract. So I guess he has his first professional contract, uh, before I do. So he has a uh, little bragging rights in that regard.
1: Well, yeah. Firstly, I just want to say that this obviously means I'm the better hockey player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, there's no doubt now, but no, I mean, it, it was in the summer. Uh, I didn't really know what was going on if there was gonna be any hockey seasons up here. Like I, I'm looking to work in hockey, and and I didn't know if I was gonna be able to get a job. So I was like, you know what, might as well. Like it, it's a weird year. Um, maybe I go play for the year and just have some fun. So um, I knew a couple buddies playing in that league, and I reached out. I was like, hey, if, if ask your coaches if if they need like a a nice defenseman, and I, I get a call. Sure enough, from a team in uh, just outside of Cleveland, and they, they asked me to, you know, come skate and, and do this stuff. And I ended up signing there and I, I won't be playing. It's, it's kind of not something I'm I'm interested after I, I thought about it. And, and I've spoken with the coaches and GM about that, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess now it just means that I'm, I'm better than you at hockey. So it's just something that I'll, I'll have for now to, to
0: brag about. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, uh, if you go, uh, check out online we're going to be selling raskin jerseys for uh for whatever team i don't even know what team was it it was the mentor icebreakers so yeah you go get your mentor icebreaker jerseys number 95 raskin with the c on the front of the jersey (laughs) um they will be online a showbound promo code baby yeah maybe maybe a little (laughs) swipe up there
1: 20 percent off maybe maybe send an autograph your way as well but um yeah, no, I mean, that was, that was that was a pretty interesting thing. And it was definitely exciting, at least to, to have the feeling of that I was going to be playing hockey at another high level competitive level for another season there. But um, I think, yeah, okay. So before we send it over to tip, I want to just mention that on our Instagram, we announced that we're doing an Axle Watch giveaway. We're going to be giving away two watches. Uh, all you have to do is is just look at the Instagram. You got to like, follow us, follow Axle Watch and tag two friends. And next week we're going to be Announcing the winners, so I'm excited about that. It's gotten a lot of interest already, and I mean, like we already know that axle watches are just some of the sickest watches in the game. So uh, you definitely want to win one of those just in time for
0: the holidays too. So definitely check
1: out our Instagram for that. And uh, and yeah, let's send it over to Owen Tippett.
0: All right, and we're joined today by my friend and Florida Panthers forward Owen Tippett. Welcome to the pod, tip. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Man, I gotta say look for those watching the youtube video and if you're not you better be checking out the youtube video this guy is sitting by the pool airpods in looking good it looks beautiful out there boats in the background like what a what a place you're living right now can you just can you tell us where you're at
2: yeah so right now i'm actually at a house with a couple guys down here training um we're right downtown fort lauderdale which is kind of kind of huge um there's tons of restaurants around we're right on the right on the canal here so it's been nice
1: Okay, I got, a, I got a question right away, and then we'll kind of go back towards the, the beginning of your, your junior career. But um, you were in the NHL bubble with the Panthers there. What, what was that bubble experience like for you? Like, how did you pass the time? Um, did you see any interesting encounters, people in the elevators, like that type of stuff? How did that go? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, obviously, it was a great experience just to kind of be a part of it and say I was there. But, um, I mean, honestly, nobody had any idea of what to expect going in. But once we got there, after the first five days, there was like a little five-day period where we couldn't see any other teams and and whatnot but um after the five days it was pretty easy i mean we could go watch any other game we wanted to each team had their own little little uh little suite at the rink and we could go watch whatever games and we could go back and forth between hotel and we kind of there was a shuttle that went around to each different site so it was kind of nice after the five days but i mean obviously there was times where you're not doing anything on a day off or or whatever it is but no you got you got bored and and sometimes there was longer days but for the most part it's good pretty good i mean obviously i give credit to the nhl for for putting it on so fast and and so well done i mean it was pretty pretty tight security there and the way they were able to plan out the ways to the rink and back was was pretty incredible
1: yeah that that's honestly just such a unique experience for you it's it's pretty cool I've, anytime i get a chance to talk to someone who was there like it's a uh, an interesting thing for me to hear about just one more question about it and then i'll, I'll move on but as As a guy who really you know doesn't have much n h l experience you 're not necessarily known by all the players um do you do you kind of get those looks like who are who are you like when you're walking around there
2: yeah, I mean sometimes i mean obviously you know exactly who other guys are I mean you see guys like on the Leafs and and other teams walking around that you know exactly who they are, and they're probably thinking like who's this guy like <laughs> whatever um but no, I mean obviously with with florida you get get that core group of guys that you've known from past training camps and stuff so um you feel you don't feel out of place on the team at all i mean you feel comfortable everyone makes you feel right right where you're supposed to be and and guys are really welcoming and stuff so no obviously i mean there's obviously other guys on teams that are like who's this guy but i know it's happening to not just me it's happening to all the guys so um yeah no it's, it's definitely weird for sure seeing guys knowing exactly who they are and then them not knowing you
1: yeah that's that's pretty cool. So I want to get back into the your your OHL stuff and then we'll catch up to where you are now. But um, you were a high pick into the OHL draft. You were fourth overall to the Mississauga Steelheads. And I want to know, um, obviously you were, you were always a top player, kind of that minor midget season. Everyone kind of knew you were going to be good. You were going to be a player in the league in your 16-year-old year. But did you know you were going to go fourth overall or did you know Mississauga was going to take you? Like, how did that go for you?
2: No, I had no idea. I mean, obviously usually some teams give you indicators and and whatnot, but no, I had no idea. I was, I met with kind of every team that was that had a top 10 pick sort of thing that year. I mean, it was mostly just phone calls and you meet with a few teams and and honestly, I had no idea like Mississauga met with me and kind of said like, Oh, we're in a tough situation. Like we already have McLeod on the team, his brother's coming up. So, I mean, it sounded like that was going to be their first pick. And then Flint, Flint grabbed him the pick before so at that point when Flint picked him at 3 I kind of knew I was hoping I would be the next one that Mississauga had on their list but it just worked out I mean I was close to home and then in training camp I mean we, we I remember we made that big pick for for Ryan so
1: Yeah that's interesting and then uh in your first season um point production wise you weren't like uh you know a super high point score which is fine you were on an extremely talented team and um, first-year guy, what what was the adjustment like for you there?
2: Yeah, I think it's an adjustment anyone goes through. I mean, even cards you can attest. It's just that playing against – you go from playing against guys your age to playing against guys that are four and five years older than you at the time. And obviously the guys are going to be bigger, stronger, better skaters, um, you know, bigger in the corner. So obviously it's just the adjustment stage of getting used to how you need to play your game at that level sort of thing. So no, obviously after – the first year i remember coming back to camp my second year just being like okay i feel way more confident i know how to play in the league now and um yeah
1: yeah and your confidence definitely showed (laughs) in your second year where i'm gonna i'm gonna say this 44 goals 60 games 75 points but just uh, i don't know man you were just putting the puck in the net all the time did you do anything that off season that that prepared you more or, or anything like that
2: Not really. No, I do remember though, um, at the start of the year, I went like six or seven games without scoring, without a point, whatever. And my coach pulled me and he's like, it's going to happen. Like you're going to go on these droughts, whatever. He's like, just start shooting everything. He's like, that's what I expect. Like anywhere you can just throw it on net. It'll catch the goalie off guard. And then I think the next like 11 games, I at least had a point or at least a goal. And then from there on, I just kind of took it and ran with it. I mean, obviously your confidence goes through the roof when, you're putting numbers up like that and um no, it just helped. I mean, that year was was pretty good too. We I was fortunate to play with the same linemates the whole year. So
0: it worked out. We had good chemistry and we knew exactly where each other were. Yeah, and it makes it a lot easier to put pucks in the net when you got the hardest shot in the OHL. So <laughs> quickest release guy just walks in, snappers from everywhere, just boom, 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 all in the net. It doesn't it doesn't hurt for sure.
1: And then uh, that that same second year that you were dominating, um, you guys went on a deep playoff run all the way to the OHL finals where you also contributed big time, uh, 19 points in 20 playoff games there. How does that playoff run kind of prepare you for the future? What kinds of things do you learn along a long run like that? And just how did it go? What was the championship series like for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you go on a run like that, it gets you prepared for the future on just knowing how how much of a toll it takes on your body to go that deep in the season and you know that you're going to have such a short off season so you just have to be honestly it sounds so cliche but just make sure your body's ready and healthy to go for each game and I mean rest is the biggest thing our coach was really good on you know if we had a game late night and it went late or went in overtime or whatever it is we'd have the next day off just come in work out kind of feel good but we wouldn't do a hard practice or anything so I mean obviously it's, it's going to help you in the future because you have that that memory and and that uh, you know what your body's going to go through going on a deep playoff run so obviously it's going to help but no it was it was awesome I mean obviously when we we kind of stacked up at the deadline just made some key key improvements and like I said I played with the same line mates all year and it it helped again in playoffs it was just you knew exactly where it was it wasn't that uh, that adjustment stage of kind of feeling each other out we already knew where guys were going to be and I think it helped us
1: I was at a bunch of those. Um, I was telling tip before the interview for the listeners to hear, I was at a bunch of those OHL finals games. Uh, it was against the Erie Otters. My buddy Jordan Sandbrook was on Erie and uh, he, I was supporting him going to Erie, going to Mississauga, catching all those games. And that was the first time I think I've seen uh tip at play in the OHL, as far as I can remember anyway. And, and he was dominating in the series, like just all over the puck, going end to end. It was, it was really cool for me to see. And that was your draft year. And you ended up going 10th overall, not too long after that championship series to the Florida Panthers. Did you have a lot of contact with Florida? Like, did you know that's where you could end up? And and how did you feel going 10th overall? Is that right around where you thought?
2: Um, no, honestly, I had, I think the only time I met with Florida, I met quickly with them at the combine. And then I met with them uh, the morning of the draft. And I think that was kind of where I had more of an idea of, okay, if I was there, they were going to take me. But Honestly, with something like that, you just kind of have to have no expectations go into it. Anything can happen. You see in past years, guys that are supposed to go fifth overall don't go until the second, third round. So it's just, I think having that mindset of no expectations really helped me because I didn't get too high, too low. And I mean, when teams went by that I thought I was going to or or thought I should have gone to, and it didn't really bother me just because I I just went into it with an open mind and, and went with it.
1: Was that the year you started the the first seven games or so, or five or something in the NHL? Is that following yeah, so you? right
2: out, of, right out of camp. Yeah.
1: Okay, I have so many questions about this, but um, <laughs> I guess, firstly, did you think you you could make the team that year?
2: Um, I think after I got drafted, when I had a meeting, I kind of, you know, every as everyone does, look up and down the roster and, and see what they had, and um, I mean, obviously, you want to go into camp making a good first impression and. Um, I think once I was there, I was starting to feel more and more comfortable every day. And I don't think it was until, you know, cuts started happening and, and less guys where I camp. and um, But no, I think once you see guys that are there kind of come up to you and, and make you feel more comfortable, they they might have a sense of, of what's going to happen. And uh, you kind of feed off that. But I mean, obviously, like I said, I just went into an open mind and wanted to make the best first impression as I could. And um, I was fortunate to play seven games right off the bat.
0: Yeah. And if you don't mind telling the listeners uh, what it was like, your first NHL game, like just stepping out there. And then obviously it didn't take you too long to get on the board and your first uh, NHL goal, a little backdoor off the rush and welcome to the league action.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I remember it. Um, I can't remember where we were before, but we were going into Philly. We were on the plane and I walked in and I, I was just going back and all the GMs and coaches are sitting at the front and he kind of just tapped me and said, he goes, be ready to go tomorrow. So that's when I was able to text, you know, friends and family, just let them know. And um, I was lucky enough to have some people at the game. And um, like I've said before, even with the OHL, there's that adjustment stage, but you kind of, kind of have a more of a feel for it. Cause it's not that different of a game and we're used to playing against older guys, but I think it's just a wow factor of you, you growing up watching the NHL the whole time. And then when you're finally there, it's just kind of you got to take a deep breath and, and take it all in. But, um, I think after the first or second shift I was kinda feeling more and more comfortable. And like you said, I think it was my seventh game I ended up scoring against Anaheim. Backdoor treat.
1: <laughs> so it. when when you're on the plane, that that's so cool. You get the tap. Obviously you text your friends like you said, but what's what's going through your brain? Is your heart racing? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Like where's your head at after that?
2: Um, I honestly think it's better that I had that kind of that night and, and whatever to kind of sit back and realize that I was going to play and mentally prepare myself. But I mean, I know some guys just say, okay, you're going for warm," up. And then two seconds later, you know, you're playing and you're not really prepared and um, you're taken off guard. So I think having that night and, and whatever, just to chill and, and take it all in was, was good. And I was able to mentally prepare and I knew going into it that I was going to play, which is nice. Instead of, like I said, guys going in and having no idea. So I think it, it allows you to to kind of sink in and, and just get into the mindset and you know during the whole day you need to do your pregame routine and, and whatever you need to do to be ready
1: who did you score that first nhl goal on
2: it was uh gibson
1: <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool you'll always get that one um yeah and then you know that season you, you get back down into the ohl uh wh- what did the conversation go like, like did you think you were going to stay up for the season and, and like how did that go about
2: um, I just knew there was that 10 game waiver sort of spot where if you stayed up for 10 games and they ended up sending you down after um, it burned a year off your contract. And I just, like I said, I was just going day by day and and trying to prove people that I should be there and and doing what I can to kind of stick with the team the whole year. But obviously I knew in the back of my mind, that was a possibility that I'd be going back just to they'd give me that experience and then kind of have me build my game in juniors through what I learned and Um, It ended up happening that I went back to junior. But, I mean, obviously, when you go back, you can either have one or two mindsets where it's, okay, I I know I can play at the next level. I don't need to kind of be here. But uh, the way I approached it was, okay, I've been there. I know what I need to work on. And I've visually seen what I need to do to take my game to that next level sort of thing.
1: In your fourth year in the OHL, you got traded over to Saginaw. A chance to go on another deep championship run with a really talented team and go far in the playoffs. That's where you met Cardsey. Um, what was your first impression of him?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously when I first got there, I drove from Mississauga to Saginaw on a game day. So I got there, I think, two hours before the game. I yeah. didn't really see anyone before. And I mean, just kind of after you get to know guys and I mean I think it was the first week of practice that I kinda got to feel guys out and I was just thinking, I was like, Oh, I was a young kid, I was there at this point too. Like was I think it was your first year, right, Cardi?
0: Yeah, it was.
2: I yeah, was like so I, up and down. Yeah, you're up and down. So I remember, I mean, I knew exactly what he's going through. I went through it my first year too. Like when he wasn't in the lineup, you could just see, but no, he was good. I mean, obviously you see guys like that and you can tell if they're, they're into it or not by the way they work in practice and the way they go about themselves. But no, he was, he was a jokester in the room and you could tell he was comfortable and liked by all the guys.
1: When I, you know what, that's, that's my first impression of Cardi too, actually, you know, every, I, I think everyone, Cardi's a great guy. Everybody likes him. Everyone knows he's a little jokester, but um back to Saginaw there when, when you and McLeod were in the same trade is that was that correct
2: no he was traded trade? a couple days before me yeah
1: okay so you both went there around the same time and I think that's what what really rejuvenated the Saginaw spirit fan base I mean you know you start seeing like over 5,000 at, at every game when when you guys get traded there everyone knows that um, you know they're going to be going on a deep run what was that like kind of going into a new team and already being somewhat of a fan favorite
2: Yeah I mean like I said before years prior you go in and you see the banners on each end just I don't you don't know until you're actually in Saginaw whether it's because they just don't have the fan base or they need it for sponsors or whatever it is so going in I mean the first game I drove there played right away and the banners were up and then I think we played the next night and you see people running around during warm-ups ripping banners off and you just hear after that the the walk in crowd was was crazy and they had no space except for the where the banners were and stuff. So, I mean, going right into it and and kind of not knowing the hype is about you, but just knowing the hype around the team and and how the fans believe the year is going to go, it, it's a good feeling. I mean, obviously being traded can be tough and and whatever it is, but um, no, knowing that the the kind of fans were behind you, it, it helped for sure.
0: Yeah, and I can remember like their second game that they got there, him and Clouder, and like they both tore it up or something. I think they both had like two or three points each, just putting on an absolute show for the crowd. But um yeah, I think there was like five thousand five hundred that night and the Dow only holds like sixty five hundred. So it was pretty full in there. And you could just like see the buzz because I was there earlier on in the year too, like seeing like the ups and downs and like there'd be games like on a weekday where you'd only have like 1500 2000 in the crowd and it's just a little bit like uh the vibe isn't there and then when they kind of came it kind of rejuvenated as you said and then Saginaw's kind of been on the right track ever since then with their uh their fan base has really been uh, a huge following for them
1: so what was that playoff run like in Saginaw there
2: um it was a little different I mean obviously you go from playing in Mississauga on the east and then going into the west you always hear about how different the conferences are and Um, obviously the travel in in Saginaw was way different than what I had in Mississauga. But, I mean, I was there early enough where you kind of get a feel for the guys again and you know kind of each and every player and the way they play and you kind of build chemistry from playing with them here and there. But, um, no, the playoff run was awesome. I mean, obviously with such a good group of guys and everyone was so into it, coaches, fans,
0: everything. So, no, it was a lot of fun. I can remember, Chip, we had the biggest sequence of goals in the Saginaw spirit history, if I might add first game I sorry, I scored yeah. to make it I scored to tie it up and then tip scores three to make it 3-2 and the boys never looked back in uh the first no. series there. No. No. But uh me and then Fets? Yeah, we were we were buzzing that night for sure. And then yeah. um yeah, like we were talking about earlier but uh it's kind of a little bit irrelevant but after the first round we got like a uh 4-day break actually and we got to go home and uh like tip said earlier when he was in the bubble, like guys kind of didn't know who he was and stuff maybe. And that's kind of like, obviously me going in and these like big dogs getting traded to Saginaw. So like, I'm like oh, that, like, obviously I knew who these guys are and stuff. So then kind of felt like a little bit nervous around him at the start. And then obviously we became good buddies um, because they just treated me like so well. And an example, like tip uh, tip offered to drive me back from the, from their little break there, and I remember he picked me up. I was staying up, I was staying uh, with some family friends in Guelph, and I felt so bad because on the ride up there, I think I kept falling asleep on the guy. It's like a, it's like a <laughs> five hour ride, and I couldn't stay awake. But yeah. I just, I was just trying to stay awake the whole ride. Yeah, no, you were dozing off the whole time. I
2: was like, okay, it's music, music it is.
1: <laughs> I don't want to skip over that season. You went to the World Juniors, represented Team Canada what was that experience like for you? I mean, it wasn't this, the the team itself was one of the strongest, but a quarterfinal loss that year, everyone seemed to be disappointed, but overall, what was the experience like going there? It was
2: an unbelievable experience. I mean, obviously having it in Vancouver too, in Canada, it's, it's one of those things where you obviously want to represent Canada no matter where it is, but for the fact to be in Canada and, and on home soil was, was something I'll never forget. I mean, the crowds, there were, like I've never seen before the whole game it's just a roar throughout the building like no matter if it's tie game one nothing you're down one whatever it is penalty kill power play every time and then obviously Vancouver has like the lights and the glass where when they score it goes up so they had it all red and white for for us and it was just unbelievable experience
1: yeah you know you just reminded me of that I remember how cool it was as a fan watching it um that must've been so cool for you guys. And did you see that little clip, like video thing we, we post on the Instagram announcing you. Oh man, that movie where you you do the spinorama, like in front of that, that D man was crazy. I remember everyone was talking about that. It was going viral on Twitter. Um, What, what gives you the confidence to pull off stuff like that on such a big stage?
2: Honestly, I've been asked this a couple of times and I still can't wrap my head around like what I was thinking, (laughs) but if you watch it, the guy had a step on me. So he was ahead of me. So I just reached and pulled and I hoped for the best. And I kind of just like tried to spin off the check and I was like, okay, he gets it. Then I'm already turned going back the other way. But if I get it, then perfect. It worked out. We're on a three on two. So I just honestly it was a hope play. It was just one of those ones where I just pulled it, hope for the best one. And it ended up right there. And um, I remember there was buzz around that too. Like even during the tournament and it was just, I still to this day i don't know what i was thinking going into it it was just one of those things where i just tried it
0: but if you if you play with tip and you've seen him in practice and stuff this stuff like it doesn't shock you that much and i remember wilichki last week was talking about domian in practice he'll make you look silly this guy just pulls off some outrageous things you'll see him in morning skate go out there and just play with the puck a little bit shoot it and it's just like what just happened so when it's when you see it in a game you're not that surprised by these kind of moves <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know I'm big for just in practice. I mean, obviously you, you gotta put yourself in those situations where you're confident in, in all scenarios. So it's whether it's picking the puck off the wall and guys coming through, you gotta take different I mean, obviously in Saginaw too we did Pep and yeah. um you just had different scenarios and skill stuff like that where you just kinda have to roll with it and and whether it's something that you should be doing or shouldn't, you never know what's gonna come at you in a game. And I mean obviously if you've tried it and and just gone off gone out on a limb and before in practice it gives you the confidence to do it in the game
1: uh in your last season most recently you were in the ahl for the year first first full season pro um and you were almost a point per game ahl all-star uh what was the season like being in that league and and uh maybe if you can touch on the all-star game as well how did that go
2: yeah so obviously again adjustment period first first year pro but um the guys were really welcoming it just took me that few the few games to get into it but um I think once I found my game and what I needed to do to, to play at that level I was I was pretty comfortable and um we had such a great team I mean a lot of young guys and you kind of just feed off each other and um you build chemistry over the year I mean obviously there's trades that are going to happen but you got to kind of throw that behind you and just stick to what your game is and obviously it's up to the coach to some degree of of who you're going to play with but being able to produce and and be able to make to the, the all-star game was, was pretty, pretty awesome. And, um, it was, it was achievement of mine going in. I just, I set that as a goal and, um, it, it so happened. I ended up getting hurt the night before I was leaving for, for the all-star game. So I didn't get to play in any of the, any of the games of the all in the Uh skills competition, but it was still an amazing experience to go and, and be a part
0: of it. And for, for the listeners, yeah, I don't know. Um, if you got to do it in the show or whatnot, but, uh, first year pro, obviously it's a little bit of a step up from our uh, paychecks in the OHL. So, um, along we'll get to some big purchases next. Cause I know you like to uh, ball out a little bit, but, um, how about rookie dinner? Was there a rookie dinner and how much was the bill if you had to soak it?
2: Yeah, we had a rookie dinner slash rookie party. It wasn't so much of a party just cause it was during the week, but we were in Charlotte and we just went to this nice, nice steakhouse. There was an, uh, I think there was eight or nine rookies that, that were there. So we all split it. And I think it was, it ended up being like a thousand, fifteen hundred each.
1: Oh uh, no, no, man, that's true. You
2: know, which is nothing compared to what I've heard. And
1: yeah, in the NHL, well, you're no, going to have we, to do uh, that next
2: year. I bet. <laughs> I know, I know, but, um, no, we, it wasn't too much. We had a dinner and then, uh, I think they split us up and we had to tell tell a joke and um we had to do a skit there was two groups each of us had to do a skit and then there was just uh it's kind of like rapid fire questions that you had to do where they you know they walk around with a tray of like mixed shots with water and and whatever and you just if you answer a question wrong or whatever you gotta you gotta pick one but no it wasn't too bad it was if, if anything it's it's a team builder you just gotta kind of roll with it and and guys are gonna either like you or hate you already so it doesn't even matter
0: (laughs) yeah it sounds like a lot of fun though eh? and then let's go to obviously you got a sick car um some nice clothing so what's what would you say your biggest purchases since you signed that nhl contract and then you've been making some uh some dough
2: um i would say my car i mean obviously it's something that you work for ever since you're a little kid so Mm -hmm. um just to be able to kind of say my car and i'm paying the payments and everything it's it's an achievement of mine and i you know it's something i obviously never had when i was a kid and um for me to be able to kind of buy myself a car it was just kind of my way of saying like treat yourself sort of thing so what, i would what say the biggest is, is the car
0: it's oh. a mercedes okay yeah it's not it's not slow just for the record <laughs> <am I? laughs> um also i i want to actually i have a funny story um that i wasn't there but it was you fats and rigs and you might be able to tell the story better but when you guys went to uh what's it called somerset or all the mall yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and uh you want to just quick like remember when rigs bought the tie just to buy something when when you guys went
2: yeah so it's one of those outlet malls where all the stores are are high end and um and I think Fetz wanted to go because he wanted a pair of Gucci shoes, I think it was. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was Gucci So he went, and I knew I had an eye on uh, a Louis V backpack. So we went and got Fetz his shoes. And then I went into Louis Vuitton, not not kind of set on anything, but just looking. And he ended up having the one I wanted, so I ended up buying it. And then we were with Reegs and he's like, well, I feel like I should buy something. So we kind of just looked around. And we're like, dude, you don't have to buy anything. Like, you- <laughs> Mets had his eye on his shoes I had the eye on my backpack or whatever it was so I think we were on our way out and we were in uh, in Burberry and Riggs is like oh I'll just buy a tie so he gets a Burberry tie and I think he wore it for every game the rest of the year like,
0: <laughs> yeah bro I did I remember him coming in because, like, everyone's like, oh, Fats, like, sick shoes, like, tip, that backpack's dirty. And then Riggs is running around the rink. He's like, bro, you see my new tie? You see my new tie? Yeah, so yeah. that was
1: hilarious.
2: It was kind of just subtle, though. I think Fett's wore shoes the next day at practice or whatever, and then I brought my backpack on the road for our next road trip. Yeah, And then he he was running around. He's
1: like, hey, you see my new tie, man? <laughs> but, no, it was that, good. that was classic. Uh, I Before we keep going, I just want to go back to Springfield there. You played with one of my buddies from high school johnny ang and yeah do you got you got any funny things on ang that guy's a character
2: anger there's tons of things we could have you heard his draft story to. by the way no i haven't <laughs> okay uh, but no i knew him a little bit going in i mean obviously he played on peterborough and sarnia so i played against yeah. them and kind of knew him just from years prior so we were you automatically have that connection going in but no I, you can attest to he's just a jokester. like mm-hmm. he goes with it too he doesn't really care what people think and no he's he's a good guy i really like him
1: um i think Cardi like, and i like i gotta reach out and maybe have him on to tell this story but he you gotta ask him about his draft story i'll just he he missed his draft basically he was in the washroom and missed getting his name called and um his, when he ran out his parents had to find him and, and stuff like that and let yeah. him know but it, it's fine i'll let him him say it at some point um, but it's just a that's a brutal one to miss your only chance at that yeah so I see you you have that full sleeve on your left arm there tattoos uh when when did you get that is that was that after the draft and and something you spent more money more of your money on
2: yeah so I got it last year i had uh i had some of it I had half of it done when I was in saginaw and then last year when I got hurt I was just so bored and I already had it started and, um, there was actually a tattoo place right next to where I was living. So I just went in to, to see, like, whenever you get a tattoo, you want to make sure the guy's a good artist or whatever it is. So I went in and, um, it's all family based. So it just goes back to, to all my family and, and what it is. I mean, I'm a big believer on don't get anything you're going to regret in the future. So,
0: yeah. And I remember I, I was always asking him, uh, like uh, in sag I joke with him. I'd be like, you want to get a picture of me on your arm? Just <laughs> add it to the sleeve. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Maybe so, the but, logo logo next.
0: Next. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but then man tip he because we were golfing this summer and uh tip got a uh actually got his number like my number on his leg too so i was pretty, I was <laughs> pretty honored to have my number yeah. on his leg
2: i couldn't settle for the face so i just got cards number
1: yeah uh got a guy cards i was gonna i was gonna ask you, you know what would look really good on on that sleeve on tip do, do you know or should i say it? no clue tell me I think an axle watch would look fantastic on his <laughs> wrist there. Uh, and I think for tip for you coming on, we're going to actually send you a, an axle watch. Um, I know you took a look at the website already. They have some sweet stuff, uh, a lot of good watches and, and Jason guy designs them and, and makes them. He's a mechanical engineer and he's a former OHLer as well. So in, in the hockey industry and you know, it's awesome like seeing hockey guys supporting each other, but we're going to send you an axle watch down to, your beautiful home there in in fort lauderdale thanks guys and i think it would be a perfect addition to the sleeve
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, it'll probably look 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 pretty good black i think i picked the black one too so
0: yeah fit in well black on black will look sweet and no doubt um Watch is best watch company going right now and i got mine on right now for the uh youtube listeners looking sharp of course and uh want to look good going into the rink and uh just going out for casual dining and whatnot so axel is the best choice for that
1: last question i really have here tip for you uh what what do you do like how do you spend your time in the off seasons
2: yeah so in the in the off season i'm in toronto working out i've been at the same gym matt nickel for for six years um i don't think i'll ever change i mean he's helped me so much during my career and um and then during skates we at the start of the summer it's kind of on your own but um, during the end, all the guys at the gym, all skate together and, um, picked up golf a couple of years ago. Cards has been helping me quite a bit, but, uh, no, I have just kind of, that's my time to kind of hang out. So after I'm done at the gym in the morning, I, I figure out something to do with my day, whether it's golf or, or hang out and, or whether I have a skate that day or whatnot
0: yeah and tipper uh just got into golf obviously a big powerful guy so this guy can bomb the ball um he he can hit it pretty far and obviously he's coming a long way but uh actually i have a funny little story about me and tipper went golfing so uh i think i brought him out to oshawa at my home club yeah and he he said listen like my buddy wants to play today um any chance we could get him in And, and we only had a threesome at the time so i'm like yeah absolutely let's get him in Um, so his name is Griffin and he came out with us and he wasn't playing very good on the front. I remember he was kind of getting a little bit angry with himself and, and then, and then we step up to the back nine and, uh, this guy cranks a drive. He puts it right on the green. I'm pretty sure on 10, it rolls up and like hits a guy in the foot and they're they're like, thanks for yelling for something. And he's like, (laughs) and I go up to the guy. I'm like, listen, man, like he didn't play very good on the front. Like whatever, just like, let it go. Let it go. So then, uh, we go You're around on the number green. Two. You're thinking good to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and then the guy just hits the drive of like a lifetime, just an absolute bomb. But, uh, so we get to number 12 and number 12 is like 190 yard par three. And it, he steps up. He's probably like, uh, he's quite a bit over par and he steps up. He just hits this marvelous butter fate. It's going right at the pin one hop in the cup hole in one so like we're losing it on the tee this is the first hole in one i've ever seen like wow. actually yeah, it was, two. yeah it, it was crazy and we were screaming so loud eh? and just <laughs> running around everyone probably hated us bro I had, I had guys coming over to me from like the fourth hole and they're like what just happened on 12 like we could hear you guys from like way across <laughs> the course just yelling as loud as you can And then we got up there actually, and this is where like Griff kind of got into it with the guy a little bit because he's like, I think the guy said to him like, oh, that'll help from like shooting a 50 on the front. And he's like, what do you, what does this guy mean? I shot a 50. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was, uh, I think none of us were really shooting well that day. Like
2: it was just whatever. And then we, we step up and we're like, we just had like that loose feeling and whatever. And as soon as it left his club, I think you said something like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, one that, hop in the cup yeah that was definitely pretty cool to see and like that was that was the like I've, I've played with my brother and he got one on a downhill hole but we couldn't see it go in but that was like the first time I've ever seen one go in the cup which is crazy yeah and then uh, I know
2: you won't boost yourself but again this summer when we were playing I think it was you and I versus it might have been Fetz and, and uh, Tomer yeah um, I think you're like 180 out whatever you grab your club and you're like okay like you knew where the pin was tucked, obviously, and you played the hill, but you put it up. And as soon as it hit the green, you're like, that's in. So I'm first up to the green. My ball's just off to the right. And cards goes, Hey, have you seen my ball? And I'm like, Dude, no. Like it's either in the hole or way gone. He walks up. He goes, Told you, it was in the hole. Like just didn't even bring a putter. He just sat right there. But no, I know he wouldn't boost, boost his tires, but.
0: All right, yeah, cards, a boy. I, I forgot about that, man. Actually, yeah, because yeah. it, it's a whole uphill, so you can't see the ball. But you know, there's a you know there's a hill there. So if you if you can hit the hill in a right spot, and I hit it, and I just looked at tip, and I said like, that that's in the car, that's in the cup for sure, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. That one's in. Yeah.
1: Wow, man. I mean that that's impressive, cards. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's something you got to brag about, maybe. But now 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 maybe you paid tip to bring that up for the world to hear. So. I yeah, don't know, but, but that's a few pretty much bucks under the cool.
0: table, an actual watch, <laughs> yeah. and a few dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that, and that's all I
1: have for tip cards. You got anything else to add?
0: Honestly, no. Um, I think we touched on a lot of stuff here. Great to have Tip on and hear about his career and then uh, hear a few funny stories uh, throughout. So, no, I just want to say thanks for doing this, and we really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on, guys.
0: What a great interview that was. I want to thank Tip for doing that. And Cards, easy, your friend. What would you think of that interview, man? Yeah, it was a good one, obviously. He's a uh, prominent guest and uh, going to be a big factor in the NHL for years to come. So pretty cool to get him on the pod and uh, catch up with him and see how he's doing. So we got a bit of news to get to here. Uh, it's Tuesday night now. We recorded
1: the, the first part of the podcast on Saturday. So in between then and now, there's been some excitement down in the NCAA. Sarah Fuller first woman to compete for a power five football team she's a kicker for vanderbilt and um she played the other night and i just saw on instagram that she's going to be in the lineup for the next game as well so super exciting uh we talked earlier in the episode with women in sport becoming more uh prominent and and out there and it's this is a huge one man this is a really big moment
0: so it's exciting yeah it's pretty cool i actually watched a bit of the game saw her kick it's uh It's awesome to see uh, women taking strides in in all sport, and especially in football, such a contact sport. It's pretty cool that uh, she could get in and uh, take action and then uh, hopefully go from there and be able to contribute even more next week and uh, hopefully lead Vanderbilt to their first win of the year. So as usual, we're going to get into The Bachelorette.
1: We just finished watching it. But before we do, I just want to mention, if you're looking to build your brand, or whether it's your own personal brand or a, a company, clothing line, whatever it may be, Arctic logos is the place to check out. They work with a ton of NHL stars. Uh, you can look at their Insta ar- at Arctic, A-R-K-T-Y-C or Arctic.com. Um, you can choose anything you want. He'll make you a custom logo. This guy's phenomenal. Uh, he's been doing some work with us. And if you want to get your own custom logo again, for whether it's your personal brand or a business, he he is really good at what he does. So I recommend, you know, follow him on Instagram, send him a DM or, or fill out the form on the website. Um, definitely going to help you out and and hopefully, you know, help grow your brand. I know there's a lot of people reaching out to us on how we started. So um, it it all starts with a logo. I mean, so maybe, maybe go talk to him and and figure something out there. But Karsy, let's talk about The Bachelorette. Um, Before we get into too much, I want to say, obviously the Bennett and Noah drama dominated the episode, but, you know, before we break it down, who do you think of the two of them
0: is going to go home? Bennett. I'm going to say Bennett just because like how cocky he's being, like even in front of Tasha, I was kind I was losing it today, man. Like I, I was pretty pissed when uh, they cut the episode. I wanted to see who was going home, but I think Bennett's going to go home. He's like, he's being a snob now. It's like, it's a bit over the top. Like, and I kind of like Noah's antics. I, I think I said it before. I kind of enjoy it. So I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around for a little longer.
1: Okay. So you? I'm, I'm the opposite of you in the, in the sense that I don't like Noah. And I like Bennett, man. I think he's adding such a good element to the show. Like he's funny. He's he's like the weird kind of funny where where I I enjoy watching him, seeing what he's up to. He's like making some power moves earlier in the date, like grabbing Taysha during the painting thing and kissing her with, with the blindfold. Okay, that was a little
0: that was a little creepy, man. Come on,
1: I I you know what you got to make moves to to put yourself ahead in this in the show. I respect his his uh his power play there but but i mean when he's talking he is talking down to everybody he's like he's so condescending giving this emotional intelligence book and he's like no i'm really trying to help you like you're lacking three of these four things of emotional intelligence yeah but, bro but no i don't hear i don't hear how i'm being condescending he's, he's a funny guy <laughs> i actually like him,
0: but i think they're both gonna go home and that's my opinion i think she's just gonna be like this is ridiculous you're both gone Yeah, I could see it, but um, the biggest shock of the episode, and like, I'm pretty disappointed about is easy being sent home, bro. But like, at the same time, I can kind of see where she's coming from. He's like a like a sick best friend, like he's just like like a beauty to hang out around. Like, it didn't seem like they were gonna ever like be married or anything. But like, obviously, tough to see him leave. He was my favorite guy on the show, just because like he had a sick personality and just a beauty all around you.
1: He was. He was a beauty man. He like, he was so energetic and, and, and fun. And after the date went so well and he's mm-hmm. putting his soul on the line, just out of the blue. See ya. I, I did not expect that at all. Really? Like it was, it was after a fantastic date with them. So I'm, I was really surprised. And obviously like you could see the tears in his eyes as, as he's in the car on the way home. And that was a tough one, man. And, um, one more thing I wanted to touch on. What do you think of Ben's monster play getting naked
0: during the painting date? Like it, it was a, it was a power move for sure. Pretty bold and it paid off. He got, uh, he got the rose. So we'll see him next week for sure. Yeah. I mean that, that takes some balls literally. And she could tell that he's really <laughs>
1: in this man. Like that, that's him. He's kind of developing the last two episodes as a real contender here. So um, I think he's, he's uh, he's definitely in the running man. Yeah. I like
0: him. Not a bad dude
1: all right yeah and with that being said uh, that just about does it for this episode i'm really excited for the next few episodes we've got some great guests lined up we got some some exciting things coming with our sponsors like more giveaways that we're that are in the works so uh we're really excited with where where the show is heading so i want to thank everybody for listening and and cards you have anything to
0: add here yeah no just thanks for all the support and uh let's uh continue our rise up the charts and uh hopefully crack number 3 and number 2 and then uh take down spit and chikklets here soon